Welcome to The Barbell Strikes Back. I'm your host, James McDermott, and today's episode features audio from an interview I did all the way back on April 15th of 2019 while appearing as a guest on Jason Ackerman's podcast called The Best Hour of Their Day. Now, The Best Hour of Their Day podcast is all about CrossFit, coaching, training, and also owning an affiliate. I highly recommend you check it out, especially if you are a CrossFitter, a CrossFit coach, or an affiliate owner. You can certainly learn a lot there. Jason has also been a guest on this podcast a couple times in the past where I was on the other side of the microphone. So if you want to hear those episodes, I highly recommend you go back through the library and check them out. Now, the main topic of discussion during this interview is going to be CrossFit programming. This was done during a time when Albany CrossFit was following CrossFit.com's program. And I discuss how to use and implement that program based on the needs of your gym. And I think it's a great learning opportunity for CrossFit coaches out there to learn how to use CrossFit.com to develop as a coach and also to develop those programming skills, which it certainly takes a lot of time and practice to do that. Other things that we discuss on the episode just involve my background from SUNY Cortland and also joining the Albany CrossFit coaching staff. So I hope you enjoy this episode. Make sure you follow The Barbell Strikes Back and me, James A. McDermott, on Instagram. Make sure you follow The Best Hour of Their Day on Instagram. And most importantly, once more, enjoy the show. Welcome back to the latest episode of Best Hour of Their Day. I am super excited about this episode, although I will be excited about every episode we do. This one really is meaningful to me because I have on the line James McDermott. James, welcome. Hey, Jay. Thanks for having me. So let me give you a little bit of an introduction, James. I will do my best. You fill in. Correct me where I'm wrong. You are an author, which is pretty cool. So you've written a book called Own Your Eating, The Definitive Guide to Flexible Eating, one of the best books out there. If you've not read it, you should go buy it on ownyoureating.com or on Amazon. Is that correct? 100%. Awesome book. So and also pretty handsome co-author, maybe. Very handsome co-author. So <laughs> if you haven't gotten in on the joke, that's the book that James and I wrote together. But in addition to that, James wrote... The Dark Orchestra with John North. Yep. And you are currently writing two more books, one with Glenn Penley and one with Charlie Zamora. Is that correct? Yes, correct. Two more books. So two more books coming out. And if you've never written a book, it's challenging. So James is a hard worker. You are also a the head coach at Albany CrossFit, which we're going to dive into right now. So James and I are going to have two podcasts. This first one, we're going to talk about the programming at Albany CrossFit. So many people that own boxes, coach at boxes, you know, there, one thing I love about CrossFit is there's, there's very little black and white. There's a whole lot of gray and Albany CrossFit currently uses CrossFit.com as their programming. And we're going to dive all into that as well as the internship process that they use to develop their new coaches. But before we do that, I want to talk about how you and I met. You showed okay. up You showed up at Albany CrossFit somewhere around 2011, correct? Yes. Uh, May 23rd, 2011 was my first day at Albany CrossFit. So you know the date. So that means it was either really good or really bad. <laughs> Uh, well, I, it's, it's really good because, um, it's a life changing date. You know, uh, I wouldn't be here right now on the podcast. I wouldn't have written any books had it not been for that first day. And, uh, really I showed up at Albany CrossFit because, uh, I need to fulfill an internship requirement through SUNY Cortland. So I have my bachelor's in science kinesiology through SUNY Cortland needed to do an internship. There was nothing in the area that was, uh, of interest to me. And I'd never heard of CrossFit, so I reached out to Kevin Houston, who was uh, working at Albany CrossFit at the time. He invited me out. I met all you guys. I interviewed for the position, and you guys hired me on for the internship for the summer. 
So for those listening, like you said, Kevin Houston was one of our head coaches and you say interview. I would put uh, quotes around that word <laughs> because I'm not sure that I had a legit interviewing process. It was probably more so, you know, are you going to show up? Are you going to take the garbage out? Cool. You're hired. Yeah. Like a 20 questions type of scenario. What's your favorite color? Do you like dogs? Uh, uh, yeah. It was more like the coaches just sitting around talking to you, but very cool. So you showed up and, you know, a lot was going on in my life at the time with multiple boxes and being a small business owner and all that stuff. I, I clearly remember this and I clearly remember you being a huge part of our team, but how long did that last? Uh, well, I interned for about two months. Uh, so the end of May and then June and July, I left at the end of July, went back home to Binghamton, finished out my degree. And then um, you guys were doing a lot of events. There was the grand opening for Clifton Park. There was Fight Gone Bad and Fall Face Off, all in the fall of 2011. And uh, I needed a job, and I wanted to be a part of Albany CrossFit. So what I did was I just showed up at each of those events uh, unannounced and said, uh, put me to work. And uh, after that, you know, showing up a couple times, I started to participate in the competitions you guys were doing. You had that uh, strongman slash CrossFit competition in December. You had the Tri-State Throwdown in, uh, in February, January. And then uh, in March, you had the XY Games. And it was actually at the XY Games. Showed up the night before. I was helping you guys set up. And you asked me in the hallway right by the desk, uh, when are you coming home? And I said, whenever, whenever you'll have me. And uh, you just told me, okay. After you get home after the uh, the event, give me a call. Let's talk about it. I called you the next week, and you invited me back out to be a part of the staff at Albany CrossFit and hired me. That's so cool. I mean, it, I mean, it's funny because everything you're talking about brings back a ton of memories, and it's such a blur because as you're listening to James, you're probably thinking, that's a whole lot of events you guys used to throw. And it's actually a chapter in my upcoming book that maybe we were doing a bit too much, but – you know, nonetheless, it yielded a great coach in you. And I hope that those listening are sitting down, you're taking notes because James has already put some great knowledge out there. And one of the things he said is, you know, he kept showing up for free and said, put me to work. How many people are willing to do that these days? Uh, probably not a whole lot. Um, yeah, I'm, I mean, very hard and I rem- someone like that. Yeah, I remember you would just keep coming back and, you know, the team at the time, like whether it was Caleb or Kevin or Dean, we'd kind of look at each other like, who is this guy that just keeps showing up to work for free? And it gets to the point where I really have no choice. I'm like, you've been of so much value and you've made our events better. I need to hire you. We need you around. So really cool that you kept doing that. And eight years later, for those that are listening and aren't quite aware of the story, I opened Albany CrossFit in 2007. James comes in 2011. We open another place. I sell Albany CrossFit in 2014. And five years later, James is still there. Are you running the show now? Uh, I'm running a lot of different aspects of it. You know, I'm, I'm doing the programming. I coach classes. I have a say in a lot of the organizational and inner running parts of the gym. Uh, and I'm also running that intern program and managing the coaches. So I definitely have my uh, plate pretty full events as well. Of course. I mean, it sounds to me like you're, you're running the show, but I know you're trying to be a PC in case the owner of the box tunes into this podcast, but James is doing a lot. James is, doing some awesome things. And the one big thing that I want this episode to be about is the fact that you guys use CrossFit.com for your daily programming at the box. So I have a lot of questions I want to talk to you about because there's tons of programming out there. And like I said earlier, there's not a whole lot of black and white. There's not like, this is the programming you should use, but I'm a huge proponent of what you're doing. Use CrossFit.com. No one's been doing it longer than crossfit.com they know what they're doing but i know other boxes are hesitant to do it so hopefully listening to this maybe it'll steer them in the right direction or maybe it'll just give them a different insight tell me how long you've been using crossfit.com as your source of programming uh yeah so we've been following crossfit.com since about the spring of 2015 
<clears throat> that's when I took my CrossFit level two at Reebok, uh, Reebok one out there of Austin. And it was actually during the programming lecture that Austin was giving that really kind of made the light bulb pop up above my head. Uh, during that lecture, Austin was given an example week of what a CrossFit program could look like. And he described first, you know, on the board, you have a strength piece, you know, maybe a heavy deadlift. And then after that, you have a short Metcon, something in the range of eight to 10 minutes. Then uh, the next day, you have a different strength exercise and then another short Metcon. And then the third day, another strength exercise followed by another short Metcon. And as he was talking, I was like, wow, this looks really familiar. This is kind of what we're doing at Albany CrossFit. And that's what I've been taught. That's what all the other programs such as OPT, uh, Outlaw, Comtrain, that's kind of a similar format to how those run and how we've been doing things at Albany CrossFit because we followed all those programs at Albany CrossFit in the past. And then he finished up that section of his lecture by saying that that's not really the ideal way to be programming for your athletes. And it's not necessarily CrossFit per se. And you would be doing a disservice to your athletes by not programming in things like a 5K run or a 10K row or just a day that doesn't have any barbells and it's just straight up gymnastics or practicing skills like your handstands or L-sits or anything of that sort. And it really opened my eyes that we could be doing so much more. Uh, we could be doing so much more teaching. We could actually be progressing people better and let them learn these exercises and actually get strong and actually get fitter. And I went home, we discussed it with the coaching staff and we've just been following uh, .com ever since with great results, great results. So, you know, I definitely want to talk all about those results, but before we even touch upon that, was there backlash at the box? I mean, do you remember what you were following up until the day you switched over? Uh, yes. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure we were following comp train. At the time. Okay. So your members are used to doing, you know, a minimum of two pieces, you know, a strength and a Metcon every day, if not more, what yeah. was it like, you know, and, and for clarity, you know, I'm gone in 2014. I was very guilty of doing exactly what James was saying. I mean, I was the one allowing this to happen at the box. So that had continued. So then when you go take your level two, you, you decide we want to make that change. What was the backlash from your members at the time? Um, it was, uh, I think it's kind of split down the middle, you know, um, we definitely had a more competitive crowd at the time that really enjoyed that format of, of training. Um, but then we also had a lot of people in the gym who were almost alienated by all the strength work and the fact that it was called competitors training. You know, we had a lot of people leave the gym, as you remember, when we first adopted that programming, just because they didn't feel like it was for them anymore. They weren't competitors. So I would say it's probably about 50-50 on people enjoyed the switch and people who didn't enjoy the switch. Uh, immediately what we did was we started to teach classes uh, pretty close to the way that was described at the level two, where you have your one Metcon on the board for the day. Let's say it's Elizabeth, 21-15-9, uh, ring dips and uh, cleans. You would spend a significant portion of class warming up your athletes with a you know just a general warm-up then a specific warm-up, then you have a skills practice on the clean and a warm-up on the clean, then you would repeat that with the dips, and then you would roll into the Metcon. And after the Metcon's done, you have a little cool-down or an after-party uh, stretch, and then that's class right there. Uh, there wasn't a heavy clean. There wasn't anything, no heavy back squats. We're not following a squat program. It's just, just what the focus was of the day. So we had a heavy teaching influence all of a sudden now we're, we're spending time teaching the basics of the air squat push-ups dips pull-ups and uh, a lot of people definitely enjoyed that right so i think when, a, when people hear that they're like cool elizabeth you know maybe it's a five to ten minute workout there's 50 other minutes in this class let's fill it what you're saying is we are filling it we're just filling it with coaching yes you can add a lot of value to that hour and there's a lot of different ways you can do it. You know, uh, you can have, you can make mini workouts that challenge those skills. You know, for an example, something that we've done in the past, uh, I'll, I'll give you three examples of how 
we have approached that day in the past. Okay. Okay, uh, great. So, so the, the first example would be uh, the obvious one. You know, you come in, we're going to warm up, we're going to practice clean technique, and then you're going to have 15 minutes to build up to a heavy clean, and then we do Elizabeth. So that's definitely one way to do it. That's so, kind of the way, the, the, the strength biased way. So um, to be clear, that's, you're not doing that anymore, but that is one way to run that class. Yep, that's one way to run that class. Okay. Uh, and, and now, to, to be fair, uh, we might have days pop up where we do do that, like almost like a throwback or just to mix it up, um, just to, to vary a little bit. So I'm not saying that we never, ever do that. But we just don't do that every single day, week in and week out anymore. Gotcha. Um, but that is one way to kind of run that class. Uh, and that will definitely eat up the 50 minutes. Uh, another way you could run that class would be Maybe you have a mini workout, which is more of like a skills practice session before the wad where you would teach an exercise that would benefit the clean. So you could maybe teach something uh, like a tall clean uh, where you're really emphasizing pulling under the bar and catching the strong position. And you can pair that tall clean with some ring supports. Maybe you're just going to get some time holding yourself up at the top of the ring dip. And you would do that, you know, on the minute, maybe you do five tall cleans, rest and try to accumulate time or 30 seconds on the support. And you do that for three rounds, just just like a, a technique primer. And then after that, go into teaching the full clean and giving some advice on the ring dip and then do Elizabeth. So that's kind of option two. And let me throw something in there. Yep. You know, I think as I'm hearing this. One thing that I want listeners to take away is you're saying, hey, CrossFit.com is our guide, but we we don't just look at it and say, cool, that's what we're doing. We we figure out what would be the, the you know, to, to, to quote me, make it the best hour of their day. You know, what can we put in there? And you're not limiting yourself to saying it has to be strength or it has to be skill, but something that gets overlooked. I mean, if you go to any box in the in the world right now, there are members in every class that cannot pull themselves under a barbell, right? Exactly, and, yeah. and that goes on for months, if not years. I mean, there are listeners that can power clean more than they can squat clean. I guarantee it. That's a problem with your movement. When is that going to get fixed if you don't work on it in class? Definitely. It, it probably won't be fixed uh, until you spend time with it. Yeah. Uh, you have to spend time with these movements. You have to work on the nuanced parts of the movements, if you hope to get the more gross, uh, bigger parts of it. So, so go on. What's your third way to, to run this? Yep. So the third way would be probably uh, exactly as it was demonstrated at the level two, where you're going to take your class through the warm-up, you know, a general warm-up, then a specific warm-up. Uh, I remember at the level two, uh, they taught the clean first with just body weight. So we're just kind of pantomiming the clean motion, we're doing some jump squats. We're doing some front squats with the arms up on the shoulders. Then really, really taking time to practice that, uh, that clean with a barbell. Uh, so just like just being essentially for this option, you're being walked through every single step of the way, hand in hand with the coach. It's, a, a, it's constant instruction and move, constant instruction and move. And then you move on to the next exercise, which, which is the dip. So option number one, you receive technique instruction, but it's probably short. And then you move on to lift heavy and the coach comes around and coaches you. And then you do the Metcon where the coach continues to coach you and cue you that way. Option number two, you learn a more nuanced skills of the exercises you're going to do. You get in technique instruction there, and then you spend time practicing them. And after that, you put it together with more coaching instruction just maybe not as as uh, elaborate or a, as long of a piece as you would uh, at like the level two. And then option number three is the level two. And I'm sure there's a million other ways you could go about doing that. Uh, what I want to get across is that I'm not biased to any one way. Um, what I'll do is I will regulate how we approach these movements. Sometimes HQ might program in a month power cleans, maybe let's say three times, right? Uh, another example would be they've programmed deadlifts quite a bit recently, but let's stick with power cleans. The first time we do that in a month, because uh, we follow HQ a month behind, so I know these things are, are coming up, uh, I might 
program it one way. Then the next time I'll program it maybe the more fun way, a heavy way. And then the third time it might be a little more um, just, just full on technique construction with a barbell or PVC or maybe even a med ball. I might program in there as part of the skills practice. Let's work on med ball cleans and then switch to a barbell. You know, there's no right or ra- way, right or wrong way to do it. Uh, I just wouldn't be biased to one way or rely on one way, which I, I think that just programming only the strength piece over and over and over again is the easy way out. You don't have to think when you're programming that way. You really don't. Um, you're just going to program in, hey, go heavy, and then do the Metcon. And when you're coaching that class, um, I think that there's a lot left on the table on what you could be doing in that hour. Yeah, and you know, people will be listening and say, well, we can coach that. But in reality, that very quickly becomes three, two, one, go. People moving heavy weights, far less coaching, far less technique work. Yeah. And I, I can tell you, I, I know, you know, I know no one likes the barbell work, you know, um, everyone get your barbell, line up, uh, bend your knees on go, hit the clean, you're walking around, you're making, you know, fixes, but that's so valuable. And if, if you think about it, if we power clean, um, let's say within a year, uh, 20 times and we, if as a, a low ball example, it's probably way more than that, but, um, if we power clean 20 times in a year, but we practice all those steps, you know, at nauseum throughout the year, you're going to get so much better at that movement. You have so many reps under your belt with just the bar. And for most people, that's exactly where they need practice with. This is just the bar. You know, uh, I tell our athletes, I'm like, Hey, myself included, we're all beginners at, at these movements, you know, like snatch is another good example. We're, we're, we're beginners. We need time with the barbell. We need time with heavy weight too and challenging our limits, but we need to practice the actual movement. And if we never do that, if we only just slap a couple 45s on one end of the barbell and go, we're never, we're going to reach an upper limit very, very quickly. And then we're going to be stuck there for quite some time. And that's when you start to get frustrated. That's when you start to look for other programs. It's your coach's fault. It's this, that, Uh, but really you just needed more time. I mean, and you've not even touched upon the safety aspect of it, which I think goes unsaid, you know, you're keeping your athletes safer, protecting them from themselves and making sure they can move better before throwing on weight. And speaking from someone that takes classes, I only go to class these days. I have a very hard time getting motivated to work out on my own. And the coach will say, grab the barbell. And on the days I don't want to grab that barbell, I just want to get moving. I always, always feel better, more warmed up, and move better by the time we're done with that warm-up. Definitely. And, you know, I've been doing this 13 years now. So, you know, do your members give you any pushback? Like, oh, James, the barbell again, really? Um, I, I, I don't really I, – I, there has been pushback. There has been dis- discussions, you know. Uh, you can kind of see people's faces – you know, um, when they come in, you're like, all right, grab your barbell, line up, you know, well, let, let's practice this. But our, I think our members are also pretty used to it. Uh, it is such a finely ingrained part of our class that it's, it's definitely expected. I think it would be a surprise to people if we had, for example, a heavy snatch day and the coach was just like, okay, grab, grab your bars. You know, we did our warm up group, you know, general warm up, uh, start lifting. I think they would be very surprised. Uh, same thing in our barbell club. Uh, we always practice it. We, so that's a class that's, that the group is, is, is only doing snatches and clean jerks. And that's pretty much almost all we do in that class. And they also still expect to have that time to practice the barbell and to do a barbell warm up. Do you have an idea how many members your box has? Um, I want to say maybe around 300 ish. Okay, so for those listening, no, we're talking not, about not a number I really like. I, I know by heart or look into often, but but we're talking three hundred members. That's probably two times or three times more than the average box in the world has. Far more, actually. Like I'd say, a good box these days has a hundred members. So you have three times that, and you know what I'm hearing is you're creating a culture of the people that come here know what we do 
know what to expect. And because of it, they're happy to be there. And I think, you know, let's go into this. Tell me about the PRs they're seeing. You know, they're only going to be happy if they're getting fitter, staying healthier and enjoying themselves. So you follow CrossFit.com. And I do want to talk about the shift that CrossFit.com has made this year. But, yes. you know, you know, tell me about the PRs and, and, and what you've seen. I, I mean, for those of you that don't know, you know, go to social media, go to Albany CrossFit. And you're talking about normal, average people. In fact, something you put up the other day of Chuck, I mean, this dude's in the 60s squat cleaning yeah and still making making progress he's been there 10 years now i I remember when he joined with this kid yeah uh chuck's awesome you know you you, you've met him before he's funny guy awesome to hang out with Uh, he's one of those people who when they come to class you're like this is going to be an awesome class just because you're you're in it and the energy that you bring um but to uh touch on, on your question we don't have a specified squat program or strength program that we run in our gym, uh, whether that be outside of class or inside of class, because we are following that HQ programming. Yet, whenever the barbell movements pop up in something like the total, uh, our people PR like crazy. Uh, I remember uh, back in January, we, uh, we run our own little mock open, Albany CrossFit Winter Open. And our second event was the CrossFit total. And oh, I should have wrote down the number. There were over, there were upwards of 70 PRs that day um, wow. on, on all the movements. And just recently, we ran the powerlifting total. And we're seeing people getting 20-pound PRs on their bench press, 20-pound PRs on their back squats, 30-pound PRs on their deadlifts, people who are PRing all three movements um, and also a PR for the total. And we don't back squat that often. You know, we deadlift quite a bit because – .com has been programming deadlifts quite frequently, but we don't back squat often. We don't bench press too often either. But what we have been doing is a ton of work on pistols, uh, lunges, you know, wall balls, a ton of L-sits, things that are strengthening our legs and our joints um, in ways that we probably wouldn't focus on at all if we were just doing our own thing. Uh, and also the volume of push-ups that we've been doing, you know, everyone's getting stronger in their uh, upper body. We're holding handstands for longer periods of time because as I'm sure you've seen, handstand holds have been popping up a lot in the workouts. And uh, I, I'm, I think that's a big reason on why we're seeing a benefit on these barbell strength movements without actually doing them. You know, it's like, well, it's almost as if you've been practicing your pistols and your scales and your L-sits and all these other accessory movements and challenge them in ways that we have been, when you get a bar in your hands, like, oh, this bar is easy now. Well, so, so talk to me about this. You know, you, you start following CrossFit.com, you know, four years ago at this point, and it, and it looked a little bit different than it does today. Granted, it's always been one workout a day, you know, yeah. and, and, and here or there, there's, there's, I think people need to take a deeper dive into CrossFit.com. There's been double days. There's been, you know, even triple days out there. There's been strength and Metcon days. There's been EMOMs, you know, anything that you're seeing out there, CrossFit.com has done. I mean, Chelsea, one of the original girl workouts is a 30 minute EMOM. There's, there's stuff out there, but since January 1st, it's the direction has changed, right? The initiative for CrossFit health, which I believe is going to benefit the CrossFit community and the affiliates tremendously. I think it's the best time to ever own an affiliate. When you see those pictures, and I know people will goof that it looks like the married with children set. Yeah. When my mom sees those pictures, all of a sudden I can do that. I can, I can squat with that. In fact, I do pick things up off the ground. It resonates with them. You're going to get more people coming into the box because they're no longer intimidated by what they're seeing. With that being said, you see a lot of redundancy on the site. You mentioned deadlifts. You mentioned push-ups. How do you yep. handle that? Uh, well, <clears throat> one, um, there is a lot of redundancy, um, but I don't let it hold me back from putting it out there. Um, and that's because I believe in the shift and I believe that the program will work and that this will be the best thing for our members. So if I didn't believe in it, we would have switched programming. I, I would have been like, okay, I don't think this is the right thing to do. Um, but I wholeheartedly believe in it. I do it. I see the results. 
And I think just any way you can add value to your class will make it acceptable. So I think when they started programming strict pull-ups specifically, well, you have to have a conversation with your classes on how these strict pull-ups will get them better. And in the beginning, it was a little awkward, but very quickly, within a couple of weeks, it became the standard in, in the gym very quickly. Now, um, no one really questions strict pull-ups. And I think that's partly because the coaching staff was like, hey, we believe this is what's going to be better for you. This is how you're going to get skills like muscle-ups, whether they be with a ring or a bar. This is how you're going to get stronger and fitter, and you're going to improve your fran time. And also with that, on once we got rolling with the workouts, people realized uh, how hard they were. Like, th- like all the like all these workouts now, they seem for some reason, um, and maybe it's because strict movements that there's this is way harder than they ever used to be. And they were hard before, but now they are just like wow. Like I, I look at I look at the workouts now, and I'm like. I can't wait to scale that. Like, uh, like I'm going to scale that so good and it's still going to be super hard and get me to where I need to go. So I think it's just the way you relay the message to people and show them the value and maybe don't take the HQ programming at 100% face value. So uh, sometimes they'll program, you know, do a heavy deadlift and then 20 minutes of stretching, right? So you can instantly see that day and, Think of a million reasons on why your members wouldn't like that or why you can't do that. And what I would say is build in a flexibility program into your programming and you won't have to worry about it and you'll cover that base. So when it pops up on the HQ programming or any programming, uh, you're already meeting that requirement because, you know, one of the 10, you know, uh, uh, components of fitness um, is flexibility. So what we do is uh, we follow Ramwad. We do just four minutes of Ramwad at the end of the hour, and that's our flexibility program. We do an upper body and a lower body stretch every single day, and our hope is that, one, we're cooling down athletes effectively, we're stretching them out, we're getting them ready for the next day, and also that they take these stretches that they're learning here in the gym, and they do them at home, too. Um, I'll sometimes tell classes, like, you should probably do this again tonight um, after we just did these 300 air squats. You're going to... You're going to need to do something else again tonight. So you have to create that culture. We have a culture that expects to stretch and foam roll and things like that at the end of the hour. It's built in. And we meet that requirement so that when it's posted on HQ, do 20 minutes of stretching. Uh, I don't worry about that part. I just worry about the deadlift part. And I program the rest of the hour around the deadlift and maybe some other skills. But I don't have to program stretching per se because we already do it. Well, and I think that's a good point. You know, people are going to listen to this episode and say, well, he's not really doing CrossFit.com. You are, but CrossFit.com is put out there, you know, for an individual to be able to follow. They're not necessarily saying, you know, this fits perfectly into a one-hour class, although you're doing a tremendous job doing that. You're saying, hey, this is our foundation, but I make it work for our members and to make sure that we can provide them that best hour. Yeah. And I think you can be creative with it too. You know, at, it, it's like you said before, there's, there's a gray area. <clears throat> and when they post the workout on, on HQ, I, I don't think they absolutely intend it to be the gospel. You know, when they post a, a, a deadlift workout that says five, three, 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 one, 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 they don't give percentages. They don't give, you know, should this be overhand grip, underhand grip? Should it be sumo? Should it be regular? You can, you can add the value there yourself on, on what you know uh, based off of strength and conditioning. Uh, you can also add in other things in that hour to, to benefit people getting a new PR or something like that. Or if they program 20 minutes of scales practice, the front and the back scale, you could maybe split that and get creative with it. So I'll, I'll give you an example. Uh, frequently, 10 minutes of L-sits is programmed um, throughout the weeks. So spending 10 minutes on L-sits is, is quite a long time. Uh, what you can do to add value on that day is maybe you do different types of L-sits because they didn't say on the website what type of L-sit to do. We, we might assume that it's an L-sit on the floor or off of pirouettes, 
but you can do L-sits off the ring. You can do L-sits hanging. You know, um, there's all kinds of skills you can practice. So what I did the last time we did L-sits is I programmed three different types of L-sits, floor, hanging, and rings, spend three minutes at each station, and accumulate time. And your score is going to be the time you accumulate on each of those. In between those pieces, we're spending time talking about the scaling options and practicing and setting up. There's your 10 minutes right there. It's uh, nine minutes of work time, but also more than that in instruction and practice and setup. So that, that's a decent amount of time spent on a very valuable movement. You know, and, and what you're really throwing out there is as a coach, you have to be proactive and you have to be learning because there are things you're throwing out there that I would guess some listeners are like, what is that? I've never seen that. How would I coach that? So you need to be developing as a coach as well. And perhaps that's why there are people that are fearful of following this because it might show their limitations as a coach. Oh, 100%. Like I can tell you right, right now, I think there was one time where the workout specifically said L sits on the floor. And the first thing that popped up in my, in my head was like, I've never coached that before. I've never even, I've never even tried to do it before. So I had to look up videos. I'm like, wow, okay, let me try it. And then I instantly realized that's one of the hardest things I've ever tried to do. Um, I also realized uh, uh, off topic, or maybe on topic, that I've got really short arms, and that makes it really hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. That's that. It's quite a surprise when you go to do like you go to. Actually, I found out trying to demo. So I was like, all right, I'm going to demo an L sit on the floor because I can do an L sit hanging around the rings very well. And I'm like, all right, let me show these people on the floor. And I flat my hands and I tried to lift, and then I like made, looked up and made eye contact with someone, and I was like. Well, I'll be damned. Uh, I, don't, I, don't think, I don't think my arms are long enough to do this and whatnot. But so I got to get plates or, or I have to tent my fingers, which I don't think is ideal. But it's like I never I discover I learned something about myself today, you know, but um, lesson learned practice before you coach it. Yeah, definitely. Because I was like, oh, I, I, I can do that. I watched the video. I watched the scaling options. Then I went to do it. And I was like this. I can't believe this right now. And then of course, everyone's laughing at me and whatnot. So it, it made for a nice, a nice little light part of class, you know, cause you got to have fun with it. You got to make fun of yourself, uh, things like that. But, um, so, but, well, but yeah, well, I'd never taught it before. And then I had to look into, okay, how do I scale this too? How do I modify this for people who can't do it? Uh, and so I, I feel like I've learned so much um, from the current wave of programming through HQ because it's really making me think a lot more than before. Uh, another example of that would be they don't provide scaling anymore. They used to provide like a, a beginner and intermediate option. And we would adopt those options into our programming as like a scale one, scale two. And I might make little tweaks based off of what I know about our membership. But now um, I, have to, I have to think a little more and do that on my own again, which is which it's a welcome change. You know, I like to think about these things. I don't want it all to be spoon fed to me. I want to have to be able to put my own spin and take on it. And I think that's, I think that's part of the intent um, with what they're doing. You have to think. So with that being said, you look at a typical workout on .com and granted you follow 30 days behind. I assume it's just so you can plan ahead like you're saying, but how long yep. does it take for you to plan one of these days? Um, if I'm going to plan out an entire week and plot it out, I have, I have a whiteboard here at home. Um, so I write out all the, the workouts for a week and then I start to build, you know, off of the workout. Okay. What are we doing for our skills practice? Uh, we practice skills in some sense every single day. Uh, what are we going to do for our stretches? Things like that. How are we going to scale? How will it work with the logistics in the gym, spacing, equipment, things like that. Um, it'll take several hours to do one week. Um, I, I've told some people at the gym, hey, if you ever want to come over on a Sunday and spend four to five hours with me uh, and see what goes into um, putting in the next week's of programming, you can. And of course, no one takes me up on that. Um, no one wants to spend four to five hours with me in my office locked away um, thinking about all the possible things that can be done with the program. But it's, it's definitely not a simple copy paste. You know, okay, there's the workout boom, 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 put it in because there are rest days that you have to consider. 
Um, that is are, one of my questions for you. I've, you know, two part question would be, well, first of all, people are listening to this and someone's going to be like, how the hell do I hire this guy away from Albany CrossFit? Cause <laughs> he is so be prepared for that. I hope, um, how, you know, it'll take six figures and he will come work for you. So, you know, my, my two part question would be one factoring in that three on one off schedule, you know, how do you factor for that? And then secondly would be, how do you get the consistency across the board? So it's one thing that you see it, it's laid out, it's in your brain. You know, I don't know all of your coaches names anymore, but how do you get Murph and shy and all these other coaches to then put on the same class? So go to that three on one off first. Okay. So, um, on well, well, let me back up a little bit. The with HQ programming, we follow that Monday through Friday. Uh, on the okay. weekends, we have a very limited schedule. Uh, on Saturday, we have two wad classes and one class that is essentially just um, we just do a hero workout uh, at all time in that class, and it's really to benefit people who want to run obstacle course races since they're going to do a very challenging, long Metcon that might have rope climbs or a lot of running and uh, things like that. Uh, and then on Sundays, we only have one class. And what I was noticing is that on Saturdays and Sundays, there were workouts that were popping up that weren't maybe appropriate for the population coming on Saturdays. Saturday, we have um, uh, an open bring a friend day. So anyone can come and try CrossFit. Uh, you can bring in a friend. You can bring in your whole family. So we have to have uh, a workout that isn't going to maybe be, we're going to do Randy 75 snatches, you know, which those people could do that workout, but we, we want to ease them into CrossFit and, and we want to do something that they're going to see that it's not just barbell. So we don't do complex barbells or complex gymnastics on Saturdays. We do interval training and we do, um, partner workouts. And these are typically longer Metcons because uh, we find that that's what people really enjoy to do on those days. Come in, get a big sweat, go home. I know a lot of gyms do that. Um, some kind of a Metcon or burn class. Then on Sundays, we have a benchmark workout uh, of some sort. We might do Karen. We might do Jackie. We might do that Randy. Uh, some kind of named CrossFit workout Maybe we're going to do an open workout or one of these Wadapalooza or Rogue Invitational workouts, um, something that, that has a name to it in some sense. Uh, and we, the reason we do that is because I was finding there were also awesome workouts popping up from HQ on a Sunday that I would have liked more of the populace in the gym to be exposed to instead of just one class on the schedule on Sunday. So we Yeah, and when you say popping up on a Sunday, you just mean by the way they would have fallen with three on one off. Yes. Yeah. Gotcha. You know, so for example, there might be just a, a really awesome Metcon uh, three rounds for time, 500 meter row, 15 pull-ups, 30 push-ups, and whatnot. And I'm like, all right, well that I, I would want more of the gym to do that workout. And I'm probably the only person, um, maybe other, other, I don't know about you, but who thinks that is an awesome workout? Because no, um, I hit that. I remember hitting that workout. I mean, you know, going. You said this earlier, but there, there's a lot of redundancy. There's there's strict pull ups, but man, I would say once a week they put something devastating out there, and it doesn't look devastating like that. Oh no, it does look. De- I mean, maybe I've just got a lot of experience, but I can look at a workout that looks simple, and I'm like, that is going to leave a mark. You know, even. You know, we're recording this April 15th. I think it was a day or two ago. It was like 963 of deadlift squat clean thruster for five rounds. I'm like, I don't want to do that. The yeah, more yeah that, that's looks, coming up. Yeah. Yeah. The more simple it looks, the more brutal it's going to be. So you've, you've answered that three on one off question. So it sounds to me what you're saying is, you know, because you're open seven days a week, but they don't program for it, but you're putting in those other two days, it allows you to kind of stay with them for longer. Yes. So the, um, the, the nice thing is, is that on Sundays, we can do something that everyone will definitely appreciate and old school CrossFitters will be like, oh, it's Jackie, it's Fran, it's Karen, Diane, and they'll get fired up for it and do it 
And you can also essentially come in and almost just uh, test your fitness on that day for sure with a benchmark workout, something that we will do again over and over again. And that doesn't mean that those workouts won't pop up during the main week. That's just the time where we get to say hello to that workout again, because there might be long stretches of time on the main programming where Jackie doesn't pop up, but we'd like to do Jackie from time to time. So that allows us to do that on Sundays. On Saturdays, when we're doing partner workouts, we're doing interval training, that's really a day for me to be as 100% creative as I want to be. You know, all those workouts are, are, are created you know, by me. Um, they don't come from anywhere else. So I get to be creative. I can test things out. I can maybe try something like a new movement that I might want to introduce in the main programming as either a scaling option or just in a workout in general at some day. So I can kind of use it to kind of test things too and see how people do. And they'll still get a good workout. Or insert movements that haven't been popping up in the main programming for a while. So for example, if we're not doing a lot of double unders, maybe I will definitely try to make sure that we do double unders on Saturday when we're doing our partner workout or something. Um, so that's just one way where I have a little more flexibility and I can kind of fill in some of the holes that I want to fill in on that Saturday, whether it's an interval workout or a partner workout. And, and, and again, interval, that's what go ahead. Explain interval uh, by interval. I mean, it might be 30 on 30 off uh, Tabata style uh, on the minute, like fight gone bad style uh, every two minutes, you know, uh, any combination of time and rest you can imagine. Yeah. And one thing you're really throwing out there that I hope people are picking up is you're not limiting yourself at all. I mean, you put the word interval out there and people might think four by 400, that's an interval. Anything yeah. where you're, you know, where there's work and rest you're saying is an interval. And you know, what, what you're basically saying also is because you you're following a month behind, you can almost evaluate CrossFit's programming and fill in the gaps. That's what you're doing. You're not going to put, Jackie on a Sunday when the next day you have thrusters, you're going to choose wisely what, what standard workout goes there. Exactly. Because we have to have programming seven days a week. So it has to, it has to make sense on, on what we're doing. And we would never ideally do, you know, a hundred, uh, we wouldn't do GI Jane on Sunday. And then the next day do that workout three rounds for time, 500 meter row, 15 pull-ups, 30 push-ups. you know, that just wouldn't, wouldn't make sense. It wouldn't be right to do that to people. So Although, try to space things out the best you can. I've been but known to say, yeah, I was going to say, I've been known to say sometimes variety is doing the same thing two days in a row, but I hear you. I get the point yeah. of it. So talk to me about consistency. How many coaches do you have on staff there? Uh, we currently have six coaches on staff. Um, although we are, as you know, trying to grow it uh, with our intern course. And uh, all of the coaches can see the programming in Wattify. Um, lately I've been much better about programming an entire week at a time. Although I, I will say I go through phases where I might program one day at a time. Cause I do notice for me specifically, there is definitely a difference in the mindset on what I might program, uh, what ideas I might come up with on doing it day to day versus a week out versus a whole month. It's you know, creativity. Down, yeah. Right. It's just yeah, it's, it's getting your brain. Yeah, there, there are times where I'm like, you know what? I've been programming too long. Uh, I need to sleep on this next day because it, it, it almost feels to me like it's getting too repetitive or I, 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 need, I need more time to think about what this workout or what this class needs to be. Um, so so I, I won't say that coaches can always go in there and see uh, the workouts in advance just because it's my own brain figuring all this out and I sometimes take my time to think about it. Uh, during the open is also a difficult time uh, to program um, the entire week in advance. And because I, uh, I, I definitely, I'll send you the photo. I took a photo of what my board looked like programming for the open. And so many things from when I originally wrote out the month got moved around based off of what we did the week before in the open workouts, what I think is going to happen in those workouts. So it's, it's constantly changing. It's not like I just set the program and, and walk away. Uh, there are times where I might log in before a post at night and change something 
Um, just because I came up with a better idea or I realized I made a mistake, uh, it constantly needs to be evolving. And I, I try to do my best if I make a change to tell coaches, hey, this is what's going on. Or if I put in some weird, obscure movement, I try to send videos on, on what might be coming up. Cool. So we'll definitely share that photo once you send it to me with the people that are listening. Uh, you can check that and out. I, on the, and I will on the say with blog site with the open. Uh, normally, our programming following a, a month behind matches uh, similarly the workouts that pop up in the open. Uh, so I, I've noticed this trend over the last couple of years, and this year in particular, it was by far the best. Meaning that every Monday. Whatever we did on Monday that week, you can be guaranteed that might be close to what we're going to do for the open workout. And the best example I can think of is on the Monday before we did uh, open five, the super Fran, guess what we did? Strict Fran. Yeah. Strict Fran. So like it, it synced up very, very well. And then I also know that if muscle ups popped up on week two, um, or I, actually uh, if uh, the, clo- the closer we get into it, if handstand push-ups pop up on week two, then I don't really need to push the handstand practice in class that much. But what I might start pushing is ring skills. Um, okay, I think double unders and uh, muscle-ups are coming up next week. Let's, on a Tuesday, practice our transitions, get some time with rings. And then th- this year, a perfect example, lo and behold, what popped up that Friday or that Thursday night and Friday, ring muscle-ups or bar muscle-ups. So it's synced up very, very well. And if you study the programming that they're coming out with, you can definitely plan uh, um, uh, a very good um, outline of what you should be practicing that month and what you should expect to be coming up for those workouts. So a lot of what you're saying, I mean, I can summarize in one word, and that is care. You know, you care about your community. You care about their the programming, their safety, their health, all that stuff. So I think you've said yeah. enough about this, but let, let me ask you kind of a devil's advocate question that we'll use to, you know, begin to end this interview. And that's why do this versus pay one of those companies that put it all out there for you? Um, I, I, I think... I would not want to pay one of those companies because they, they, they may know CrossFit, but they don't know our community. You know, they don't know the people who are coming into our class, where we are at as a collective in our abilities and our, our, our levels of skills and strengths. So I think you have to know your own community and build your program off of that and try to insert things that will benefit the entire populace and not just a few people. Uh, you have to bring up everybody, and you have to build out the foundation first. So I don't think someone who doesn't know our community, doesn't know our history as a gym, doesn't know our culture, would be able to do that effectively. I, I, think, they, I think we could still do those workouts, sure, and we'd, we'd get fit, but I think it's way better when you know your people and you are making decisions based off of your people. I love it. I think, and, and also to, you know, to be honest, you know, a selfish answer. I like to do it. You know, uh, I I love programming. I do a lot of programming. You know, outside of this too, I do programming uh, that's original programming for our barbell club. I do programming for remote clients for weightlifting. Uh, I also do remote programming for for other gyms of whose communities I'm involved in, um, and I'm trying to help them grow. Um, not necessarily. CrossFit programming, just basic strength and conditioning. But again, it's rooted in the basics and building a foundation and what I know about those people. And your information is going to be, you know, in the podcast notes. So if anybody does want to get in touch with James, you are welcome to. And, you know, I'll have you give it to us at the end here. But I think, you know, that really sums up who you are. And what's cool about that is I would guess. If you said, all right, the owner of the box, his name is Shai. You said, Shai, you know what? I'd like to make this switch. It's $150 a month, but I think we should do this. It's going to free up my time. He would say yes. Yeah, I, you, I think he would trust my opinion. 
Um, I think if I went to him and say, hey, Shai, uh, I 100% want to do the programming myself. I'm going to do all the programming. I'm going to create all the workouts, um, all that stuff. We're going to put it out there. James is doing the programming. You know, I, I don't do the programming for my own vanity. You know, um, I, I, I don't want to be the coach at the gym that's like, well, I, uh, uh, well James writes all the, every aspect of the workout and whatnot, and he's this big dude, you know, to do whatnot. Um, I, I want to program what I feel is best for the entire community. And I 100% believe that dot com is best for the community. Uh, and if, if it was about vanity, then I think years ago, I would have just said, I'll just write all the programming uh, myself. And then it's James McDermott's brand of CrossFit. And I don't want it to be that. I want us to do CrossFit as close to the purest form as possible. And I don't know if Glassman is doing the programming right now or who's doing it. You know, there's some rumors out there. But I feel that this programming is more constantly varied, more true in line to what you read in the manual of what CrossFit should be than it ever has been before. I'm going to quote you on that. I think that's a great way to wrap it up. You just really summarized it. And for those listening, how can they get in touch with you? Uh, well, uh, you can uh, follow me on Instagram at, at James A. McDermott. Uh, you can, um, I, really, that's where you can follow me. I'm, I'm nowhere else. I'm not on Twitter or anything like that. Um, you can email me at james.amcd at yahoo.com. If you follow HQ's programming, or if you don't, and you just have questions on how you can maybe adopt some of the things that I've said or maybe improve your own you know, uh, programming or anything like that. Uh, and really, that's it. Uh, I won't give my phone number out on here. Uh, but <laughs> Good I, idea, I already, James. Yeah, I already, I already get way too many ghost calls and whatnot. And I just... I. I tell people at the gym, I'm like, you need to text me first. Don't, don't call me because I won't pick up. I hear you. So you can check him out on social media like he just said. Of course, the links are in the, in the notes. So if you've not listened this far or if you have, you can just probably click on it. It'll be a lot easier. And, of course, check out albanycrossfit.com. That's the box I founded in 2007 that James you know, pretty much runs these days by the sounds of it. And you can see the programming. And you can really see it all put into action. Go on their social media on any given day, and you're going to see normal-looking people doing unnormal-looking things, if that makes any sense. People like Chuck and your other members that are absolutely crushing it. And it's, it's really awesome to see from my viewpoint that something I started you know, 12, 13 years ago now is, is still crushing it, and you're a big part of that. So I appreciate it. We're going to be back on a second episode in the coming weeks talking about your intern program and how you develop new coaches. So if you've enjoyed listening to James today, you're going to want to tune back into that because he's got some great things going on developing new coaches. Like he said, there's six, but they're currently growing because with 300 members, we need more. So great job, James. We really appreciate having you on here and look forward to chatting with you again. Yeah, thank you so much for having me and thank you for listening.